Welcome to Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Balma, and we're continuing our series on November election. Greg Diamond is my guest today. He's the managing editor of the Orange Juice blog. And if, if you haven't read this website, you really need to. The blog is great. Um, they cover local politics and elections. It's a long episode. I'll warn you, you may need to break it up into a couple of sessions, but Orange County's big, um, and we've got a lot to cover. So we're going to cover everything from the city clerks that need to improve their transparency so we can find out who's running before the deadlines, um, advice for local candidates, and a rundown on who's who on the November ballot, a little political strategy thrown in. Uh, I encourage you to check out Orange Juice blog uh, and check the blog for updates on other races that we didn't have time to cover. Let's get started. Welcome to A Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Balma, and I'm here today with Greg Diamond, who is part of the Orange Juice blog. Welcome. Thank you. I'm the managing editor, and the, the editor is Vern Nelson. Great. So uh, how did Orange Juice blog start? Well, we're now in our 20th year of publication, and it started wow. by a man named Art Pedroza, who is a, a libertarian who promotes Latino Republicans. Originally, he did so for the party. He posted his first story on July 11th, 2003, and then uh, he had an issue with a court case against a competitor, didn't want to lose the blog. So in 2008 or so, he sold it to Vern for $2. Um, and it was worth every penny. Yeah. I, I came on in 2011. I was the coordinator for Jerry Brown's campaign in 2010 and had been interviewed a lot and did done some writing and then decided to just throw my throw myself into it. And and so talk a little bit about the team and the purpose. I mean, local local politics, local government is so hard, so hard to get information about. Um, yes. And so talk a little bit about the, the mission of the blog, what you cover and who, who's on the team. Well, Vern and I are the only writers on staff. Uh, we've had various other people who were regular writers mm -hmm. uh, from time to time. And we're always out to recruit new ones. Uh, especially ones from outside of the uh, liberal, hetero, cis, cis male, white category to which we both belong. Um, but And other people, if, if they want to write something, they could just submit it to us and uh, we'll look at it and decide what to do with it. And as far as, far as our mission is, uh, we, we cover all sorts of things, you know, national as well as, uh, yeah. as, well as local issues. But we know it became very clear early on that people really need a source that can talk in some depth about yes. local politics yes. and uh, talk to people as, uh, as intelligent readers. And so that's, um, that's what we try to do in these races. We put a lot of thought into it, read candidate statements, which is mm -hmm. public call, and uh, try to evaluate people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, really and truly, your your website covers a lot of stories that just don't get any attention anywhere else. That's true. It's we a were huge, on, yeah, huge public service. Yeah, we were on Anaheim way before. Way before. The media caught up. Way before. So let's talk a little bit about the election ahead of us, November 2022. Um, there's just, you know, I, I, on the first day of class, I offered my students $20 if they could name uh, the the Republican nominee for governor, 
and uh, I walked home with a $20 bill at all those classes. <laughs> Um, so there's really not a lot of media attention on the governor's race, which usually drives those top of the ticket races that we always talk about. Um, it's predicted to be a blowout for Governor Newsom. So what's going to drive voter turnout? What What's going to get people to actually vote? Um, well, that begs the question of whether voter turnout will be driven at all. Um, I, I But uh, let's assume that it will. Right-wing turnout... Uh, is going to be driven by grievance primarily on COVID policy, charter schools, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about more later, I think, and trumped up in both senses, fake news about Biden and Democrats. Left-wing turnout is probably going to be driven by the Supreme Court decision on abortion and its potential decisions on LGBTQ plus Mm -hmm. rights when I started, it was GLBT when I was. In right. Town. Right. Um, and uh, on, on basically they're promoting minority rule, uh, such as which something called the independent state legislature doctrine. Uh, the the thrust of which is uh, everything that matters should happen from in the from the one place where we have gerrymandering. And that's right. that that's considered to be a feature by the Supreme Court rather than a bug. Right, right. Um, and moderate turnout in between those two will be driven by habit. Moderate mm-hmm. voters yeah. you know, usually vote unless they don't care. Right. And and we certainly saw that in the in the June turnout where you know Republicans and Democrats came out in larger numbers, I think because they were driven by party mobilization, um, harassment, whatever, whatever we call it. Um, mm-hmm. And and independence, NPP, those no political party preferences uh, just weren't being motivated in the same way. And so stayed home in a really big manner. Well, they actually have to think about what they're going to do. And, and uh, when it comes to politics, thinking is often considered aversive. Yeah. Well, and California has incredibly long and complicated ballots. It's tough <laughs> to get that information if you don't know where to go, you know, and 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 certainly a website like yours that that really dives in and, and has some endorsements that aren't necessarily blinded by party allegiance is really, really helpful. And it's, few, you know, few and yeah. far between. Vern and I are both Democrats, but we are Democrats that are suspicious of the Democratic Party sure. and its leadership and, and often find that Republicans, you know, can, uh, can see the, uh, what is it? The the with the mode in the eye, the log in the eye. They can see what Demo- where Democrats are wrong, mm-hmm. as Republicans can see where uh, where um, as Democrats can see where Republicans are wrong. So yeah, and and sometimes in these non- nonpartisan races, you just don't have somebody from your political party um, running, and so you've got to make a choice. And well, you so, don't know who's who. You don't. And you have to suss it out. I'm finding right. that most of my difficulty right now is in dealing with school board races and things like that, because you have a strong, you know, uh, I would say almost fanatical uh, charter school movement right now, which has figured out that if you can get the, you know, the the big share of the public school budget and then your own religious school or something like that, or even political schools, whatever, whatever you want to do, um, then you can starve 
you know, the uh, star of public education. Uh, yeah, star of public education at the local. And that's level. what we're seeing with the Orange County Board of Education. And it, you know, yes. it was frustrating for the June election that you know I, I was begging people to care about the Orange County Board of Education. Um, and and it was just really difficult to get people to understand the gravity and the consequences yeah. of well, those. This is, this is the uh, election where the actual school boards, right, local school county boards. board, are right. on the election, and a lot of people, you know, they're not going to admit that their goal is to undermine the school board that right. they are part of. But right. You look for clues, <laughs> so that's taking up a lot of my time right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been going through that with my students of, okay, let's look at endorsements. Let's see what the clues are there of how to figure out who is supporting the school board members and not just vote based on yard signs in your neighbor's uh, house, um, but actually trying to figure out what they want to do when they're elected. And and when you ask about what it is that we do, I I guess I... I, uh hadn't thought about about mentioning it this time, but what I try to do as a writer is to say, look, I have the expertise about this from decades of, of watching, right. watching politics and doing it elsewhere. Um, and I'm willing to put in the time. Correct. Read all the stuff and all that. You don't have to agree with what I say, right. but what I'm offering to you as a reader is, if you have the expertise and the time to put in the effort, this is the stuff that you would come up with. Right. Right. And, you know, if you if you disagree with my opinions, you're probably going to want to vote the vote the other way. Correct. But right. That's what democracy is, is all about. Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. And 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 one of the things that you spent a lot of time on, which I really appreciate, um, the the post where where you listed all the candidates for city council. Um, you know, I get so spoiled with the transparency and 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 just quickness of the Orange County Register of Voters, and they update their candidate log every single day. But some of yeah. the city clerks, I I mean, they make it almost impossible to know who is running for city council. It, and so you have a great post where you kind of walk us through every city in Orange County, which is far more ambitious. I, you know, I try to just do North Orange County to limit the scope, but some cities just, uh, you have to walk in to get the information. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you about the, uh, re- the Orange County Register of Voters, which does everything except the city races for city council, right? Uh, other executives in some cities. Um, our system is the envy of the state. And I don't understand why, Everybody doesn't do it our way, but we've just been lucky. Uh, As far as the city clerks, um, it's frustrating for this as well, because there are some cities that do it really well. Um, The gold standard for a a while has been the city of Huntington Beach, Mm. where it's easy to find the link to what they're trying to do. It is kept reasonably current um it's uh it's clear in what it's telling you um and and it's a pleasure to look at that and if if i i don't know who could pass a law to do that to just say look everybody pay huntington beach your royalty right. and then just use their software because this Correct. is what like right 
but uh, Costa Mesa is pretty good as of this year. Okay. But what, many of them are lacking a prominent link on the first page of, of their website. Correct. On who's running for office. Correct. So if you don't know where to find it, you have to dig through yeah. four, five, six layers of things to figure out where you should be finding the list of candidates. Right. Um, for some of them, you have to ask, you know, you have to ask for the clerk who will give you the information verbally over the phone or right. who will email as if, as if it's 1990. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And, and the problem with that, if it's not apparent to readers, that this isn't just, you know, some sort of, uh, of craziness on my part, is that insiders have this information readily right. at hand. Right. Because either they're working in City Hall, they can take a short walk to see the clerk, or they will have somebody else who can do it for them. But outsiders do not. Yeah. And the problem is that in politics, as in many areas, knowledge is power. Correct. And if you know who is running for what office, who has taken out papers, mm -hmm. um, what looks like a more competitive race or a less one, where candidates will be dividing the votes, which we're going to be talking about later. Right. Um, then you have an advantage over everybody else. And it's right. just totally unfair. Absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously incumbents, the ultimate insiders who probably have a personal relationship with the city clerk, then yeah. have an inside advantage yeah. um, that just is not fair. That is not what we want. Yeah. Um, the city so, clerk doesn't want to, you know, upset the people right. who vote on whether right. to keep the city clerk. Right. And, and, and so not to blame all the city clerks, because obviously they don't have the, the software support. They don't have, you know, the, the, the charge from the city manager, whatever it is. But who are the cities who need to, uh, to improve things? Who are, who are the cities that really need to, to concentrate on this before the next election? Well, um, I, I mean, it's pretty much all them to be perfect to be perfectly sure. to be perfectly autumn i think of the 36 way tie for last last place mm -hmm. um and, and and there are some that were worse than others i in a story that i did that people will be able to find online i did say uh go through the various woes that i had where you're supposed to call the city clerk but the city clerk's not in for days, for days. I won't talk to you. Yeah. But in general, everybody should be doing things the way that Huntington Beach uh, should. And incidentally, Huntington Beach elects its city clerk. Oh, wow. That, that may be one reason why they can get away with having such a such a system that is fair to outsiders. Yeah, I think, you know, I think most cities just aren't even aware that it's a problem. They're not aware that anybody's looking. Um, they know the information, so it seems to be readily available. I, I think that most people just aren't even aware that this is a massive problem of a lack of tra transparency. I'm, I'm a little bit more cynical than you are because sure. I've talked to these people. Sure, sure. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I think they know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also think there aren't very many there aren't very many things. I mean, um, well, one other thing about Huntington Beach is that they have by far the most candidates of everybody, of anybody. And Huge list. Yeah, that's what you get when you have an involved citizenry. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a reason that other cities don't want to emulate that. Yeah, I can see. I can see that.
Um, so what races, what local races are you following closely? Um, well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to start out with some, with a couple that probably aren't on people's radar. Okay. Uh, the first thing is I'm interested in the only court race, local court race that we have between court commissioner, Michelle Bell and deputy attorney general, Peggy Huang. And as you're listening to that, you say commissioner versus attorney general. Well, I'm bringing this up in part because I want to talk about ballot designations. Right. This is an example of where they can be misleading. A court commissioner is like a junior judge. So they get amazing experience at running a courtroom, making decisions. They develop a reputation for what they're supposed to do. And when they get, you know, endorsed by by people, it's really based on their having done a good job. And they're appointed, they're chosen for that position. Yes, they um, they are. From the entire bench. Yeah. Uh, Well, they're not, the the commissioners are are not judges. They're sort of like. There are are a step below that, but right, but they're but they're chosen for that position by the sitting judges. Y- yes, yes, they are. Yeah. Um, in the in the attorney general's office, every attorney in there gets the title of deputy attorney general, even if, as in Peggy Huang's case, they have nothing to do with prosecuting cases. Right. And that's an example of the power of ballot designations. And right. the power to mis to mislead, right? Which which we saw in Orange County in June with with uh, Sean Nelson, who used the ballot <laughs> yes. designation and yeah. won I, won his election based on that ballot designation. Yeah, I I've, unfortunately, um, anybody who can say that they're a deputy or assistant city attorney is generally going to win right. Uh, right. a race, and that's a terrible. It's a terrible shame because it biases the, not because I hate de- deputy uh, city attorneys, no. but because it biases the bench in a certain direction. Right. We should have public defenders who mm-hmm. are also are also on there. In fact, the, right. the seat that Michelle Bell and Peggy Huang are running for was held by Frank Espino, yeah. who was a legendary public defender before he uh, before right. he got onto the bench. And yeah. we, we need more diversity among judges. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the second race I'm going to bring up. Is, oh, one more thing about Michelle uh, Bell. I'm really uh, impressed just by the breadth of her endorsements. Yes. Across yes. the board, public defenders, prosecutors, deputy district attorneys, judges a mile long, um, and, and both Republicans and Democrats endorsing her. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say here that, well, I'm endorsing Michelle Bell. So uh, listeners will simply have to infer it. Sure. Um, now, the next race, if since you read us, you probably know may, may know what's coming, is Board of Equalization District 4. And this is going to, uh, again, talk about a different uh, issue that comes up in politics. Um, this race puts incumbent Mike Schaefer, who has a document history of spousal abuse, being a slumlord, um, dodging subpoena, dodging, uh, I think warrants, yeah. uh, it was, and uh, refusing to pay tenants who yeah. won cases against him what the court ordered. So that's that's the incumbent. Um, 
he's running harassing against- bad Gar- Brad Garrett too, which is just odd. Oh yes, that's that's right. Yeah, he he's we'll uh, throw in celebrity stalker. Celebrity stalker, yes. He's running against a man named David Dodson, who manages the Los Angeles office of the Board of Equalization, which deals primarily with tax policy. I think also with alcohol taxes and some other things. Um, And uh, he's got decades of experience in this. But the California Democratic Party endorsed Schaefer because he's an incumbent. And they see their job as being supporting incumbents no matter what. But what's really interesting here is that lots of uh, other Democratic groups below the state party are in open rebellion over this. They're rating Schaefer as unqualified and mm-hmm. endorsing, endorsing Dodson. The only way that Schaefer wins this race is with the power of incumbency, Correct. which is uh, at the Orange County as well as the state level. Um, that's all they want to hear about. Correct. But there's a story that will be coming out soon against Schaefer that may be, may be changing that that equation. Well, I, I hope some larger media outlets start picking up what you have been doing because, um, really, y- your your website is is the one that is covering this the most often, the most detailed, and and bringing receipts. Right, like it's not just conjecture. It's not just favoring one person. It's here are the documented problems with this candidate. Yes. Thank and you. why is the California Democratic Party endorsing him? Oh, why? Okay. Dave Dodson <laughs> anyway. is another Democrat. You know, like just because Do- you're the Yeah, Dodson is a Democrat and Schaefer was a long-term Republican. For years. And, yeah. So and, and, okay. and a perennial candidate that just ran for everything and finally hit the slot machine of elections um four years ago. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it's uh it, it's sad. Okay, so Board of Equalization, good. What else? Okay, okay. so let, let's go on to some of the other races yeah. um, for, for Congress. Oh, first of all, state constitutional officers. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, Gavin Newsom uh, is going to win, and uh, Gavin Newsom is not so much running for governor as running for president in 2024, mm-hmm. um, which means that if he wins, we're going to have a governor who's going to be absent a lot of the time. Now I'm I, you know I prefer him to Brian Dahl, whose name your students don't know, right. uh, the Republican candidate. But I don't see any particular reason to vote for him my, myself. My ideal situation would be that uh, yes, he wins, he stays on as governor, but he wins by fifteen votes. <laughs> so, so he's not able to use this to propel himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other races. Um, What's interesting is that when Newsom leaves office in 2016, in 2026, if not before, uh, it's going to be an open governor's seat for the first time in eight years. Right. And I'm looking at this name of people running for office, Elena Kunialakis, pardon me, mm-hmm. uh, Shirley Weber, Fiona Ma, uh, maybe Rob Bonta, all of these people and others are likely to be running for governor sure and uh or running, running for governor when he's out of office and they are all sort of trying to jockey for position right uh, in in the same way so um th- you're getting tomorrow's news today when you uh when you see who's doing well in these races sure sure now, absolutely let, 
let's go to House of Representatives. Okay. Um, Orange County has claimed sometimes to be the center of the political universe. And this is another time when it seems to be pretty close to true. Yeah, yeah. You have uh, two races, Linda Sanchez in the 38th district in Lucre and the 46th district that are not competitive. Both are going Democratic, mm-hmm. um, depending on how you define Lucre. Uh, you have one, Mike Levin uh, versus uh, Brian Marriott in the 49th mm-hmm. district, where Levin has an advantage, but it's not not overcome. Mm-hmm. It, it could be overcome. Then you have three races, 40th, 45th, and 47th district that are potentially right down to the wire. So yeah. young, young Kim is running against somebody named Asif Mahmoud, who, who uh, I, I call him the, the uh, pugilistic pulmonologist. He's a doctor yes. Yes. Um, and a lung doctor. And normally he would not have a chance in a, in basically it's an East Orange County seat, mm-hmm. which goes all the way down to pick up much, much of South County, but starts in Yorba Linda and a little bit beyond, I believe. Yeah. Um, he, young Kim, uh, who is, uh, was from Fullerton, then Buena Park, anyway, from far away from, from East County. Um, she ran against a man named Greg Raths in the primary. Greg Raths is, uh, you know, a, a MAGA, a MAGA type, mm-hmm. although one I find personally with integrity. And she beat him in the primary. And the reason that I think this is a competitive race is that they don't want to see young Kim in there forever, which she'll yeah. be in there for the rest of her life if she wants. Right. Right. Um, and they may think better four years or better two years of, mm-hmm. Asif, uh, of uh, Dr. Mahmoud um, than uh, an eternity of young Kim. So I have a feeling that uh, the doctor may be able to uh, take out the incumbent there. Okay. Now, the next race, 45. It's, is it's always strange every 10 years when you have people who are technically incumbents, but the people voting for them have never heard of them. That's true. But remember, for House of Representatives, oh. you don't have to live in the district, right. just the Correct. state. And, and it still but, but says you're an incumbent. Yeah, yeah, redistricting is going to become a big issue when yeah. we get to uh, uh, some of the other races. Yeah. Um, young. OK, so Michelle Steele, who is Michelle the, Steele, Jay Chen. Yeah, is running against Jay Chen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Steele is the wife of uh, Sean Steele, who is one of the major uh, figures in the uh, in the Republican National Committee, mm-hmm. and so they will throw any amount of money uh, into yes. this. And it's it it is becoming one sidedly a really dirty race. Yes, um, I'm collecting are, mailers, and it is oh, highly it, not. It's it's awful. This is my yeah. district. I don't know if it's yours as well. Or, it is. As well. It is. Um, Steele is accusing Jay Chen of making fun of her accent, which he did not do. Right. What he did is he had a transcription of one of her one of her replies, I think, in a forum. And he said, you know, I can't make sense of it. Right. You need a translator, not from some other language to to English. No, just the word salad. Yeah, exactly. It's like you need a translator for Sarah Palin back in the day. 
Um, and then she was accusing him of being uh, pro, pro-communist China because he, right. he has favored something to teach, uh, to teach school children in the district uh, that, he, that he's in, right. uh, Mandarin Chinese. Right. And, and, well, you know, this, he gets money from, from uh, China to do this. And it's like, yes, he does. But, you know, Jay is from Taiwan, right. a major ally of the United States. Right. And you know what language they speak in Taiwan? Mandarin Chinese. Yes. And yes. the residents who are getting this, by and large, they're not coming from Beijing. They're not coming right. from Guangzhou. They are coming from Taiwan. So this, they know that it is misleading, if not an outright lie. But it's a matter of what you can get people to believe. And I'll jump to one thing I wanted to right. say later. Well, well, and uh, I'll also say, you know, I mean, he's he's in he, he's in the U.S. Naval Reserves. He was deployed to the Middle East. You know, he's he's a lieutenant commander with with uh, and Korea, pretty, right? And and so, like, he has security clearance for a reason. Um, I don't think uh, these yeah, allegations. Yeah, he, he, he's he's not. I mean, he's basically, I think wanting to serve the Taiwanese community there Correct. as well as other yeah. people who want to learn uh, a major world language and the nasty, good for him. The nasty mailer that I got yesterday was about how he got a major donation from, from a, a donor in China. And I know the facts and like, that's his brother, his brother <laughs> who is a United States citizen who donated to his brother who was running for Congress. Yeah, um, and, it, it, and voted for um, the other mailer that I got was that he voted to lay off teachers when he was on the Hacienda uh, school board. And I think almost every well, school board in the state of California had to give layoff notices in 2008 when he was on the school board because it was yeah, a massive financial crisis. And the thing I is, have, this yeah. may be in the weeds, but but in on a school board if you're not sure you have enough money to pay everybody Correct. you have to give layout notices to reserve right. the right to to lay them off right. if need be it doesn't mean you're laying them off it doesn't and in his case i think they didn't lay them off they didn't but it's but. just again you're taking advantage of people's Correct. don't want to even use the word ignorance but innocence no, i suppose just, yeah yes um yes. the, the uh, next big race um, all three of these are big races, but is right. Katie Porter probably the most famous uh, yeah. congressperson With in Orange County against Scott Baugh, who is the uh, former head of the Republican Party? Uh, this is a tough race uh, for for Katie, but her, you know, she has a big following <laughs> and a lot of volunteers. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, and so I think she has a good chance there. That reminds me, by the way, to note that Michelle Steele is apparently um, downplaying her opposition to abortion, as yes. is evident in her in her record, and is telling her young female volunteers or her campaign is telling them that she is pro-choice. And I'm trying to get somebody to go on the record. Yeah. Uh, who is actually being uh, being snookered by that? Yeah, but um, I haven't found it yet. What, uh, what I've heard from some volunteers is that she says she's pro life, but with major exceptions. And yeah. so there's a but lot. That's of not how she voted. Out. Right? No, she co-sponsored the right to life at conception that has no exceptions. Yes, um, and uh, 
looking down here, state Senate, the races are fairly boring this year. Um, the big one, I think, is Janet Wynn mm-hmm. versus Kim Carr yeah. uh, of uh, former Huntington Beach mayor uh, down by the coast. That's that's going to be a good race. Uh, in most of the other ones, I think that it's, you know, you can pretty much see who's going to win. I, I guess the uh, SD38 Gunderson versus Blake Spear is also yeah. possibly going to be close. Yeah. Uh, in the state assembly, um, the uh, and, and these are what they've done is they've taken our our races and put them up in different counties, uh, et cetera. It's very yeah. strange. Um, Sharon Cork Silva, who uh, the assemblywoman from Fullerton, who was the main person behind the veteran cemetery, among other things, is running against a school board member from Cerritos named Sue Yu, and. Um, that we just we just don't know where the power lines are there. Right. So that'll right. be that'll be interesting. AD seventy uh, in uh, the Vietnamese community, largely we have Deirdre uh, Thu Ha Win uh, versus Tri Ta, mm-hmm. and that seems to be a close uh, a close race. Um, let's see, Cody Pe- Petri Norris is a, an incumbent. And yeah. Steve Choi, this is an AD seventy three, is another incumbent. Yeah. Uh, they're in the same district. They got drawn so, with two incumbents, which is always yeah. the, well. You know, you're supposed to say if you want districting right. to be done blind to incumbency, then this is going to happen. And then when it happens, even you know, I believe that. Um, sure. And even my, I get a lump in my throat saying, "Oh my God, right. <laughs> what's going on?" Right. Um, AD seventy four, Lori Davies versus Chris Duncan uh, mm-hmm. looks like also that's I believe the uh, somewhat coastal uh, community mm-hmm. is also going to be an interesting uh, and right. race. Um, let's see, I've done the Superior Court. Yeah, um, we talked about Michelle Bell, Peggy Wong. Yeah, I'm going to skip the uh, some things. I'm just going to have to refer people to the website. I should have something in out by hopefully Monday or Tuesday. And just, you know, if you haven't seen my thing yet, don't vote. It's real simple. <laughs> just um, wait. Yeah, it will come along as quickly as it can. Yeah. Then uh, I'm going to skip the uh, school trustee races right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, go down to the supervisors races. All three of them are interesting. Yeah, Orange County supervisors race. Yeah, yeah. Two of them are Democrat versus Democrat, but they are different factions of the Democratic Party. Right. Uh, basically, what I would consider establishment versus reformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have I have other more colorful names for it. Uh, <laughs> one is a uh, an establishment uh, person, Kim Bernice Wynn, mm-hmm. who is running against Vicente Sarmiento who has been one of our most impressive politicians uh, for quite a while. He's uh, most recently served as mayor of, of Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a good, he, he was very strong in the movement to uh, shut down the uh, eternal Miguel Polito regime. Right. Uh, so that, but he, you know, Bernice is probably going to get the, um, uh, get the Republican support in some of the, uh, Regu- you know the regular democratic support mm-hmm. and, and sarmiento is not that far left right you know, he's right. mostly very competent yeah. okay then you have doug chafee versus sunny park uh 
Mm-hmm. Doug Chafee has been in a line. He's a Democrat, but he's been in alliance with yeah. um, the on the board of supervisors for quite a while. And he's running against the mayor of Buena Park, whose name is Sonny Park, um, who is more of a, you know, somewhat reformist, uh, reformist Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would call her anti-corruption. Um, and so that looks like he, Chafee almost lost in the primary. It was, but, yeah, really, yeah, really close to not making yeah. the top two. Yeah, as an incumbent. Um, Park has, has the Orange County Democratic Party endorsement. Um, but Chafee is now moving to the right, trying to pick up the Republican vote. And mm-hmm. the question is, are Democrats going to punish him for it? Because he's not he's not even, endor- you know, even embracing what I consider to be the good, respectable part of Republicanism, just, you know, sort of the uh, yeah. payoffs to... to, to um, other people now katrina foley uh doesn't like it when we say this as i recall but she's been the only good (laughs) the only good member of the board of supervisors for a while and she is just so impressive in community outreach in in so many ways absolutely yeah and she when it came to the um the oil spill in huntington beach yeah. She was the one who came in there and basically uh, made demands and pushed them through, not just just not just words. Right. Uh, to make sure that businesses were going to be getting compensation for for the closures and all that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I forget how much else she did, but she was just really taking leadership there. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And Doug Chafee took the lead in taking her out of her current district, which is Central County, which is sort of where you would think Costa Mesa would be. And it reaches up, grabs her house, and puts her in a district with South County, where she's running against uh, former supervisor Pat Bates, um, who is now, uh, I think, in her in her 82, 83? 82. I was I was thinking mid to late. I'm not 80. sure when her birthday is. Yeah, but but yeah, she she's um she has uh she was not an obvious choice. In, right. In my, well, it seemed like a defensive choice to make sure Diane Harkey did win. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's and never Harkey, it's never a good idea to have the first Google search return a Ponzi scheme. Um, so. <laughs> Oh yes, we have. If you go to Orange Juice Blog and you look in our in our uh, you search in our blog for Diane Harkey, I promise yeah. you a good time reading. Yeah. Now I'm just going to do a few cities. I think, well, first the- I want to ask oh. you a question about the strategy of the Democratic Party. They, you know, they, they they've split. You talked about the reform versus um, the, the the establishment. Um, what do you think about their strategy? There's three races on the ballot. And there's lots of attention and money and, and and campaigning going on in all three of those districts when it's a guarantee that the Democratic Party wins two of them. Um, and then Katrina Foley is left in a really tough race where she could use all of that extra money. She could use all that extra campaigning and all of that energy. What do you think of the strategy of the Democrats that they are having these intramural fights in district four and district two and may lose the majority seat um, with the decision of Katrina Foley versus Pat Bates down in, in that South County. 
Well, I think there's some concern. I, I, I mean, Chafee, who does not like Foley at all, drew her into a district with a with a high Republican right. uh, percentage of voters. And I think to some extent the party may think, well, she's not going to win. And if Foley wins, it's going to be simply, you know, a matter of her own quality and things like that. And I don't think she's going to be too underfunded. And Bates is, is you know, I don't think they're debating, but if they do, it's going to be a walkover. Um, whereas no, what found, what, putting on my League of Women Voters hat, what we've found is that it's very difficult to get the two-person uh, races to have candidate forms at all. Because yeah. um, if one of them decides not to, then we can't have a forum. Yeah. So we don't have congressional forums. We're not having assembly forums because uh, there's a political strategy for one of them not to debate. And one of it, them it, is afraid of the other, generally. Sure. Um, sure. Or not we, wanting to give them attention. I mean, I can understand why Gavin Newsom doesn't want to give um, a forum to his opponent. And yet he is. <laughs> First so. time he's ever stepped away from a camera. Yeah. Um, Doug, you know, Doug Chafee is sort of quasi-Republican as it is, but he does have the Democratic name, so he's playing it both ways. Sunny Park is is um, the endorsed Democrat, and basically she, you know, they really want to get rid of Chafee, I, I, I think, yeah. because he keeps on on undercutting yeah. them and betraying them. He's sort of like the Joe yeah. Weaver. Yeah. For that yeah. Orange yeah. County. Yeah. Uh, Kim Bernice Wynn is just, I think there's a lot of support for, for Sarmiento as somebody who, you know, just really has the chops and has shown the sure. ethics and everything else. Um, and, and Wynn is just sort of a non-entity. She just sort of, you know, agrees with whoever is, is she's talking to within limits mm-hmm. and uh, would probably be highly influenced by the by the Republicans uh, on the on the council. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that they that they they may think that that Foley can take care of herself if it's possible. Yeah. But um, we'll I, I think the other two races are closer to, to their heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about some local races. Which ones do you want to talk about? Okay. I'll let, I'm going to go for big cities, I think. Okay. Um, Anaheim, you've got the mayor race mm-hmm. um, between uh, Trevor O'Neill jumped in at the last minute. He's been the acting mayor who has was basically the adopted son of Harry Sadu, right. who uh, had to resign in, in disgrace. But he doesn't mind the disgrace. He's still running for mayor. Ashley Aiken, who barely lost to Sadu last time, uh, yeah. again, and Lori Galloway, who last time was the spoiler, who took enough Democratic votes away from Aiken to allow Sadu to win, is running once again. And this is like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what aphorism I can use for that. <laughs> But, but basically, she's not going to win. She's always convinced that she's going to win. She says, yeah. disturbingly to my ear, that, you know, God has told her that she's going to win. Correct. And that she is going to, you know, she has been ordained to to have this role. 
And that just that that concerns me in politics. I don't care who it is, Democrat or or Republican. Um, But it looks like it's going to be come down to Aiken versus O'Neill. Dick Lopez is also running. He seems pretty good for me, but he just doesn't have the resources to compete. Mm -hmm. And this is where I want to get into uh, what I was going to say before. One way to decide who to vote for is to just keep all of the glossy mailers that you get (laughs) from the candidate or from outside things, but they're not supposed to be coordinated. That's sort of a fiction. Yeah, and keep them for each candidate, and then weigh them at the end of the election. And whoever whoever's is heavier, vote for the other one, <laughs> because those mailers are expensive. They are so and, expensive. Yeah, and people who are using a lot of them generally, yeah. they're they're uh, you know. There's a lot of misrepresentation in them, and especially yes. the ones at the very end. Right. You should actually count the weight twice. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, you know, if it's the campaign, if it's outside groups, anybody who is, who is trying to ons- have an onslaught against your mind, yeah, get rid of them. Vote for the yeah. other one. Yeah, uh, there there are three interesting city council races there, and especially if uh, Avelino Valencia wins his assembly race, this is going to determine who's going to vote for uh, the uh, potentially deciding member of the city council. Right. Uh, the, the, again he's in- currently on the Anaheim City Council, but likely to win that assembly seat. And then, uh, yes. you know, obviously to save money because we just had an election. You'd They're prefer before. to have an appointment to, yeah. to save that money and fill that seat. And then right. the majority would have that power. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and Democrats the register endorsed that slate, which I'm happy yes. to see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically the register, you know, there's sort of a more in libertarian paper than right. a traditional right. conservative one. And they hate waste, which is yes. great. I yes. hate waste too, as a Correct. reformist Democrat. Correct. Um, and yeah. and they're looking at Gloria Maai and uh, Natalie Rubalcava, who's a Democrat, but who's the head of the uh, the Business Council, which has been yeah, uh, which has been lobbying for. You think of the Business Council? Well, you care about small business too. No, this is basically the big Business Council. Correct. This name. is the yeah. This is the big Business yeah. Council. And Natalie Meeks, who is behind some of the worst. Yeah decisions that that uh, were made when she was uh, on, on council staff she yeah. was the person who uh pushed arctic you know the the yeah the uh, transportation multi, the multicolored armadillo that was built yeah. without having and it built for high-speed rail they thought but they didn't leave enough room under it for right. the high-speed rail trains to get in there yeah. So it's and so basically, in my mind, uh, a lot of incompetence there. So those so three yeah. those three yeah. races are very, uh, you know, are very competitive, very interesting. She is running. Okay, the Democrats running in the race. Uh, Carlos Leon, who's sort of uh-huh. an establishment Democrat, is running against Maai. Uh, Al Jabbar who is uh, sort of the protege of Dr. Jose Moreno, who is turned out, termed out 
uh, is running against Rubel Kava, and Hare Shankar Lal, who's a civil rights attorney, very impressive man, is running mm-hmm. against Meeks. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump down. I'm going to do four of these. Hopefully we okay. can put them all in. Huntington Beach is, um, I think it has 17, 18 candidates. Some of them, such as Gracie Vandermark, are out and out January 6th MAGA proud boy kind types. And in Huntington Beach, you have yep. a constituency for that. Right. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that, that's a concern. It, Tito, I, I mean, I think that she knows what she's doing more than he did. Sure. He, sure. He, um, and you have a slate of, of four, I would call them reformist. Um, you know, they, they're, but I don't think they're, they're uh, off-putting to centrist Democrats who are uh, running in that race. That is uh, Oscar Rodriguez, Gina Clayton Tarvin, Jill Hardy, and mm-hmm. Kenneth Noe. Uh, Kenneth Noe was the last one. Mm-hmm. And um, basically what happens in Huntington Beach is that either candidates create their own slate, as you see that these four have, Right. Or the donors will do it. The Lincoln Club, the big Republican uh, yeah. donor, et cetera, will create their own slates and then they will compete. But it seems like there's probably more people dividing the Republican vote in this election than uh, will be dividing the Democratic vote. Okay. Um, let's see. Irvine. Uh, I, I really dislike Irvine politics. Um, before I find a few people to root for. But there is a woman running named Branda Lynn uh, who uh, is running, I think you, most people would think that Farrah Khan is the uh, the incumbent, is the main competitor to her. But they're both Democrats. And you've got uh, three others uh, of whom I think at least two are Republicans. Um, so Khan and Lynn could end up dividing up the vote and allowing... Uh, somebody else to get in mm-hmm. uh, the council members. I haven't really researched this yet, but other than Kathleen Trasader, who's very impressive, She's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen anybody who. Yeah, really. I had her on the show, and she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the last one, I think I'm going to deal with, unless you give me another 45 minutes or whatever. It will be. <laughs> Um, is Santa Ana. And this is, I think, probably even more significant than Anaheim. Okay. Um, You have one real reformist, uh, reformist mayor. I think he is the best city council member that Santa Ana has had in the past uh, 15 years that I've been around. Uh, even even a, a notch better than Sarmiento, who would be second, uh, and that is Sal Tinajero. Yes, um, he he is very smart, very judicious, um, approachable, uh, etc. Then in the middle, um, you have Valeria Mescua, who is the daughter of Al Mescua. She is running primarily on her gender, from what I can tell. Um, that uh, she's the only woman in the field. Um, it wouldn't 
it, it would be more of a lost opportunity than a tragedy uh, to see to see her win because just you know Tina Harrow's that good. Um, sure. Then you have the disaster, which is Jose Solorio, who would sort of be a return to the uh, Polito uh, Polito regime. Uh, Solorio is, you know, I have a photo of him. I don't know whether I should publish it or not, where he is uh, shaking hands with, I think it's Ted Cruz. Um, But if if not, then somebody comparable to that. Always willing to shake people's hands if he thinks it'll promote him. And he was, uh, he was um, the one who did the most to knock Michelle Martinez out of a race uh, oh, right. a, few, right. a few years ago, uh, undermining her because he felt she was too, uh, uh, was too liberal. Yeah. Uh, then there's Jesse Nestor. If you want to know about Jesse Nestor, he's a libertarian. And I interviewed him because I wanted to know who he was. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, that was it. Now in the city council races, uh, you have three, establishment and in Santa Ana, that's not necessarily a good word if you're a reformer. Sure, sure. Um, you have Nelita Mendoza, Phil Becerra, and David Penalosa, who are all the more or less incumbents. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't designate two of them. I need to fix that. Benjamin Vasquez, who is a great candidate, is running against Nelita Mendoza. Um and uh, Manny Escamilla, who's run before, is uh, running against David Penaloza. And those two uh, are two of my favorite candidates running anywhere this, this year. Very, very Im- impressive, you know, good hearts, good brains, mm-hmm. um, you know, good, good ethics. Uh, not just throw money at the problem, Democrats, but actually willing to listen to people and think through. Uh, yeah. What's going on? I don't know much yet about Emilia Mejia, okay. um, but I'm, you know, not a big fan of Phil, Phil Becerra, but sure. races two and four and the mirrors race are the ones to watch there. Yeah. Good. Um, and then, oh, there's one other thing I, I guess I want to, to say if I can, is that pay attention not only to the school board races, but to the water district races. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing a special report on water oh, great. districts. Uh, if you go to the website right now, you will see that there are some great candidates. Um, Cheyenne, Cheyenne Wright is running mm-hmm. against Sean Dwayne, who was a big Poseidon proponent. Yeah, uh, Ray Hiemstra in Orange County Water District is running against Dina Wynn, who really never had any qualifi- qualifications for the position. Right. Lee Yu is running against Tina Wynn. And Kelly Rowe, who is probably the top water district figure in Orange County, is running against Jim Fizzler, who um, you know used to comment on our blog under the name Dead White Male. Uh, attacking uh, people who weren't white male. Right. <laughs> so, right. So, um, and we'll Wonderful. have lots of more in that. Ballot yeah. measures, I don't know. I'm Maybe. doing a whole thing on ballot measures. Okay. And we're yeah. just going to print what you have to say and pretend it's ours. <laughs> so, okay. 
So what advice would you give to candidates running for office? How, how do they avoid your scorn? What, what are you looking for? What, what should candidates be doing? Honesty and realism mm-hmm. are the most important things that we are biased towards, uh, towards Democrats, but we are not. We do endorse Republicans over Democrats, which is one reason I'm kicked out of the Democratic Party leadership um, when we think it's appropriate. Sure. Um, and um, w- one thing, when you're running for office, you know, you should have looked into whether you have any skeletons in your closet and you should have, you know, a thick skin because uh, yeah. even if you don't have skeletons in your closet, as with Jay Chen, sure. somebody's going to make them up. They're going to make them up. So you're going to be ready for it. But I, I want people to be honest mm-hmm. about their background. Please don't lie about whether you have a degree or whether you did a different job, because right. when you get thrown out the window, you are going to make such a big thump when it finally <laughs> comes to light. Right. Um, right. And, and try to study up on what you're doing. If you're running for a city council, learn how to assess a budget. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, learn, you know, talk to people uh, about what it is that they do. Uh, inform yourself like you're studying uh not even for an exam but for for uh an internship or a a different job because that's what's what this is i'm always surprised when candidates don't even watch the board meetings that they want to join it is very distressing um and uh i don't have more to say with it than that speaking of board meetings i'm going to say one thing about the um about the school boards Uh which is this is currently a position that should be getting combat pay because you have people that are coming up to school boards and yelling at them and threatening them. And, um, and we need, and it's just, it's morally wrong and it's politically uh, corrosive. Yeah, absolutely. If you have, and I, I hate to be this way because I know that there are people who hold some some beliefs honestly, but if you think that you don't have to worry about the health of teachers, let alone students who need to go into classrooms with people. I have a friend who is a teacher and they would not let her ventilate her classroom because it went against some sort of, some sort of school policy. Wow. Um, and, and, and so... You need, we're, we're hopefully exiting the acute phase of the COVID era right now, mm-hmm. but people who don't care about students and teachers and just care about getting them into other schools where they can be indoctrinated, they yes. don't belong. They don't belong on, on public school boards. Yeah. And, um, and, and we ran into that with Placentia Belinda. The, oh, the, yes. They did not um, schedule a candidate forum because they couldn't guarantee it wouldn't end in violence. Yeah, it's very, very It's, it's a school board. Um, and, yeah. and the idea that the adults can't control themselves and are, are, are so incredibly angry and inappropriate so that we cannot, in a democracy, hold a forum and listen to the candidates' views is, is heartbreaking and unacceptable. It is, and it's an indicative of a larger problem in our society, obviously, where right. 
Um, and this is this is an in, in, uh, an indication of fascism, although I'm not saying that it right. proves right. it. Is that basically might makes right, and yes. whoever's yes. got the guns and the willingness to use them, and, and both yeah. are important. Is then you can say, well, why can't liberals buy guns? And it's like, well, generally, you know, we can have them, but we're not eager to shoot somebody <laughs> for the for the most part, and that's sure. what what actually uh, does, creates the problem. Yeah. Um, so look at the school boards, try to find people who are and, and look, there are concerns that I have with teacher teachers unions in terms of defending some people with tenure that I think, uh, you know, why do you got to do that? And sure. concerns about wanting, wanting to get uh, enough money to break, you know, to break the budget even though they will argue that it's administrative costs that are the real, real driver of, of, uh, of problems with school board budgets. Um, I understand that there are these issues, but there are some things that go beyond simple policies. And one thing is that we want to be able to have our children in safe environments, you know, safe, safe from, in, from plague, uh, right. safe from shootings. Right. And um, we need school board members who will do their best to try to lower the temperature. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So last, let's end with, uh, what do people need to know about local politics? What have you learned from studying this? Um, one thing you should know is that basically, it usually takes a lot of money to run and, uh, run and win. Sure. Um, and so you have to look, you know, think about, and I'll be doing this looking for you, uh, who's who's paying them yeah. uh, to, uh, to run. Uh, one thing that is probably less obvious to people is how much of politics um, is tremendously influenced, if not controlled, by staff. Um, that, that is, and there's one city, I forget which one it is that has a lifetime ban on serving more than two, more, more than two, uh, terms in office. And I mean, to me, this is just terrible. I understand that you want to be able to, you know, to mix it up a bit, but all you're doing when you weaken city council members, um, that dramatically is you you know the money is still going to find find its way to the levers of power, and if it's not going to be the city council members or even yeah. the school board members, it's going to be the professional staff, mm-hmm. and you don't you want to balance that interest against against people, mm-hmm. so so basically, you know, what you should be looking for in politics if you're running for politics, work on your communication skills. For one mm-hmm. thing, take an acting class, take public speaking classes. Those are yeah. really going to pay off for you. Yeah. Um, but the other thing um, is look for people with some humility about what it is that they that they uh-huh. believe, and uh, and a real aversion, like a deep in their gut aversion to getting rich off politics. Yeah. That, to me, that's absolutely, absolutely critical. Sure, sure. Well, I so appreciate you spending some time and talking about this ballot. Um, thank you for being here.
I appreciate you letting me go so far over time. <laughs> and I, I love watching your stuff. Good, good. Thank you. So as always, thanks for listening. I couldn't do this podcast without you. A special shout out to my favorite listener, my mom, Peggy Jenkin, who listens to this podcast, even though she lives in Turlock, California, and doesn't get to vote for 90, 95% of the people I talk to. Um, my executive producer, Ann Watka, who spent years talking me into this. Uh, a huge thanks to the producing team who makes this possible, Jackson Henry and Fiza Valiola. Um, if you haven't listened to Observing Fullerton, you know what to do next. Subscribe and listen to all their past episodes. As part of the Fullerton Observer, uh, the podcast team, Erosion Veed, Arian Meza, Bianca Bravo, and our own Jackson Henry, keep you informed about the, uh, the Fullerton community with their podcast. So give them a listen. They've got a great show. Thanks. Talk to you soon. <laughs>